You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so that means it's David Shapiro, and this is Shapiro World, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by sharenet.co.za. So many things to talk about at the moment, David, in this short week. We've got results coming out from EOH and Clicks and Zeda, and we've also got CPI inflation, and we've also got retail sales numbers coming out on Thursday. And I see all this renewed enthusiasm for SA domestic stocks, and I don't want to be a, a party pooper. Yeah. Or a dampener of sentiment. Mm. I just can't see it. I can't see why people are enthusiastic. Um, no, I, I think you're. I think you're right, and uh, I think today is is really supporting what you're claiming because today retailers are coming under a bit of pressure. The miners have been under pressure as well. And yeah, there are a few odd stocks that have gone better for reasons that we can't establish. Banks have picked up, but overall. Um, Lindsay, if you haven't got any growth in an economy, if there's no top line growth, um, eventually the market will come down. And we're out of step. That doesn't mean the rest of the world's going to come down, I think, but we're out of step with, uh, with the rest of the world. And it's bound to, you know, it's bound to, uh, reflect on our market. I can't get enthusiastic about it. I, you, you, you know, Lindsay, you know what I'm, I'm missing? I don't know what the institutions are doing and, if they are doing anything. And I put myself in a position there. I suppose yes. if you're getting money keeps coming in and every month it comes in because you run pension funds or you, you, or there's forced savings that will find their way into your business or into your funds, I suppose you've got to keep buying. But where do you keep buying? Uh, you can put 30% of that offshore. Sure, that, that's okay. And you can put a little bit in cash and everything. But eventually, I suppose your equity portfolio, you have to keep adding. And there might be some support for that. But, I mean, on fundamentals, I don't think there's a justifiable case. And what, what concerns me is that when we compare some of the results um, with where these shares are trading, I'm talking the multiples, yes. um, there's certainly a disconnect. You know, there's certainly uh, – I think our market is relatively expensive. So we've been kept up, up to date. You know, we've been kept up now by some of the – uh, large offshore traders um, which have done well and are holding us up. But SA Inc., I don't, I, I, I'm on your side. It scares me. And I do not, I still do not have the appetite to come in. There's nothing that attracts me here um, you know, into this market. The EOH story was a good one, and I mentioned EOH yeah. because their results were out this weekend. They came out with a trading statement, and the share price up at the moment, close to 20%. It was a good fire sale that they had, and they said, we've done this, we've done that, and they let the market know. Um, Mr. Yeah. Van Koller, who used to be at ABSA, and I've done some work with media work with him, and he was, he's a good chap. I think that it's not going to go back to 170 a share, but this is maybe a... Uh, maybe a 15 to 20 rand stock as opposed to 9 rand when the trading update came out. Mm-hmm. Possibly. You know, what, what, what has to establish now, when I think about it now, what, what needs to be established now is that he's fundamentally, Van has written off the assets. Yes. And he's written off Goodwills, he's written off intangibles of all the businesses that they bought, uh, issued shared against or certainly issued some cash. Um, those people, the people who received those shares and have received uh, not not receive the cash. If they receive the cash, they're lucky. But I think that those businesses have fundamentally been written down to nothing. How do you establish a value for EOH? We can only do that over time where money is made, where um, the revenue is produced and profits are produced. Because a value of a company is the present value. In other words, 
It's today's value of future earnings. Mm. That's how you value a company uh, in perpetuity. You know, that's so how long is the company going to be around? Bring it back to today's value, those earnings. And we don't know what those earnings are going to be. And we don't know how secure those earnings are going to be. So once we get a steady stream of earnings that are sustainable, then we can eventually work out whether this is a viable business. But at this stage, I think people are just speculating and having punts saying, you know, uh, it's been written off. There still is some value underneath it. Uh, let's go for it. He did mention a 8 billion rand um, uh, revenue stream, I think, in, in the trading update, if I'm correct. Um, how secure that is, I don't know. And how that's made up, we can only tell. So uh, it, it's it's become a little bit of a punt at the moment for for uh, investors or traders who think that maybe um, they've written off everything and from now on things will be better. But it's got a value of 2 billion rand. That's nothing Time. relative to where this was. Yeah. You know, I think this was a top 40 business uh, uh, not too long ago and quite high up. Yeah, it so, really was. Mm. Um, but it's, 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 as again, I keep on going on about this, but it's like a, a dimension data story. I mean, it's a mirror image of dimension data. It's still a good business, but it just fell by the wayside for different reasons. Dimension data fell by the wayside because of what happened to the dot-com uh, companies. Mm. Mm. And EOH has, has fallen by well, the wayside got because of now. Microsoft. They've probably got a lot of engineers down there that are competent people, programmers and People who can inst- you know, install systems and design things for you. I think the Microsoft uh, license is important. Uh, although, if 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 I'm going to do something and uh, they come and install it for me, they can do it. You know, they. Uh, in other words, if I buy Microsoft and ask them to come and help me install it, they'll do it or do whatever they have to do. But they themselves can't sell the license. So so, so there's still issues around, and I think it's going to take some time. But it's it's the kind of stock that you, if you want to take a punt, if you want to take an option on on their recovery, uh, I suppose these are low levels that you're going to get. But there are a lot of our businesses are, are in similar positions. Uh, some of the big caps that have become very small caps. Uh, if you look at Omnia, has also gone through trouble times. Nampak's gone through trouble times. I've heard some things about Omnia. List, hmm? Just before you mm. go on, I've heard some things about okay. Omnia. I've heard some, I mean, these are mischievous rumors, but I've heard some, some things about Omnia that there could be some nasty news coming. But that's just, well, that's well, just chatter. Well, the market's telling you that. Hmm. You see, the market's discounting that. I mean, this is a share that's down uh, this year, about 37 38%. I think on a year, it's down about 60%. So it's been under a lot of pressure, and it, it shouldn't be like that. They're businesses we believe are well run. So there might be areas... Um, within a business that are causing these kinds of rumors and talks. I'm not sure. They are up today. I see they're up about 6%. But that's been the nature, uh, Lindsay. There's, you know, these companies get knocked and then they bounce off and come down again. Uh, not easy to, you know, not easy to read them. But another one has been NAMPAC as well, who's been under severe pressure. Yes. Um, you know, in in the year to date as well, I'm just looking here down about 30% or 28, 30%. That's a big move, you know, for businesses that are, that, and I'm looking at, at, at NAMPAC, there's a value of about six, seven billion. Here's a company that's been around for generations yes. and was a leader in the industrial, you know, on the, on the JSC's industrial market. It was always a bellwether, uh, for how, consu- you know, how consumption was doing, but they just haven't got right. And the price at which they're trading now, is 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 a is a um, you know minor compared to where it was 
um, 10, 15, 20 odd years ago. It's just been a, a in steady decline. Well, this, this brings me to a point that, um, that struck me earlier on today, and I put in a call to the JSC, the JSC Limited. And uh, yeah. in Maud Street, and I went through to the office of Nicky Newton King, and I said, I want to have an interview about the future of the JSE, because it seems to me that the fabric of the JSE, the old companies like the Nampax of this world that you've just spoken about, and Omnias, they've been there for, forever, and they've done good business, and they still have good businesses. But it's as though those companies are falling by the wayside. We've got my mining and manufacturing data coming out of mm. the macro economy that suggests that mining and manufacturing companies will not do well over the next 6 to 12 months and maybe even beyond. So what is the future of the JSE? Because we don't have the companies like the Alibabas or the Disneys that are taking advantage of other areas of the economy. In other words, digital and online mm. streaming, etc. So I'm very, very interested to see what, whether Nicky Newton King comes back to me and talks to me about it. But I fear for the JSE. No, I, I fear as well, but this is how we make a living. You know, while, while a lot of my business is now offshore, mm. um, we can't ignore that a considerable amount of business has to remain here. Pension fund type money, provident fund, those that are trapped in, in those kind of vehicles, um, they're only allowed to take 30% offshore. So, yes, they can invest in cash and they can invest in property, uh, but offshore, externalizing only 30%, so 70% has to stay here. And, and for me, that's the big challenge of what, uh, where do these companies make money? Where do they find, especially if it's a pension fund or a provident fund, you know, you've got third party. This is people's futures that you're dealing with, you know, their future, their, their savings, should mm. I say, or their retirement savings. How do you do that? And Lizzie, all you have to do is look at the uh, a chart of the JSE over the last four to five years. It's gone nowhere. There's been a lot of fluctuations. You know, there's been uh, a lot of uh, a lot of movement up and down. But if you take one point, um, you know, if, if if you take a point three years ago, five years ago, and and uh, you look at it where it is today, you're pretty much in a straight line, or you pretty much move sideways. So there's been very little, very little growth in the market over the last five years. I'm just looking at a chart on that, and uh, I measured 22% because in 2014 we were at a low, so we started a low there. But 22% um, over five years is hardly 4% per annum. Yeah. You know, it's 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 less than that. Um, so if, and, and if I go back only three or one, if I go back, I'll tell you now. If I go back four years. That figure becomes eight <laughs> percent. In other words, mm. over the last four years, we're, we're up about eight percent, which is two percent per annum. You know, that's 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 crazy. That's less it's than inflation. Yeah, yeah but uh, mm. it's positive, and people say, well, well, at least it's going up. But on the other hand, have a look at inflation. So in real terms, it's going absolutely nowhere. The last time the market was so um, buoyant. At the beginning of a year was 1987, the U.S. market, that is, uh, David, and then yes. we, we know what happened in October of 1987. So is there mm. any chance of that happening again? And also, please tell I, us what you were doing in 1987. I, I, were, I remember 19, in October 1987 was a very buoyant year because we had a lot of new listings. There were plenty of activity on our market. Yes. And uh, it ran ahead of itself. Um, it, it crashed because of uh, there were no circuit breakers in some computer trading and quickly recovered. But the markets were 
of course, we had a bubble type. Not, not necessarily bubble, but um, valuations were very, very stretched and extended, far greater than they are at the moment. You know, we're missing that, Lindsay. You know, when, when I go back to those booms of the – I came in the aftermath of 69, but when I – in 87 and various other periods along the way, certainly – uh, in the in, in internet boom, you know, in 2000 and that, mm. the public were very much involved. It was, it was a talking point every day. Everybody wanted to, to get involved in the market. They wanted to put all their savings in the market. We haven't had that. Eh? We haven't had that for a decade. No. This has been a real drag of a, of a bull market. Even now, since the beginning of the year, it had, there hasn't been much conviction in this rise. Don't you find seen. it quite boring? Don't you find the whole thing quite totally. boring, David? I mean, I'm not, I'm not being nasty of anything, but you don't wake up in the morning and say, well, there's a thousand no. stocks, so let's have, have a look now. No. It's maybe 20 no. that you look at. It's so boring. No. The worst. The absolute worst. I, I, it, it, it's uh, on the JSC, even global markets, to an extent, there's some, they're markets that we watch. I look for themes and I try and make it. Uh, you know, try and make it exciting, and there, there are a lot of areas that I'm watching. But on the JSC, it's hell. <laughs> it's really, really difficult. I sent out, Lindsay, I sent out a notice. I was looking for some papers yesterday, and I came across a Playboy magazine. Um, I and, saw uh, that tweet of yours. Did you see that tweet? Yes, but and, did, and please I explain it. I found this article. Yeah. I found an article that was written in 1995 by Arthur Goldstuck. From Worldwide Works. Yeah, yeah. Arthur was a yeah. He 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 wrote. He's a the tech journalist. Guy. And st- yeah, he's a very good journalist. He's excellent. He had written a he had written an article about the boys on the floor. This is on the trading floor, mm-hmm. and uh, it was schoolboy type stuff. You know, they were they were they were naughty, but not maliciously naughty. You know, you know what I mean by that? They were they were mm-hmm. fun kind of chaps, almost high school type humor, um, and. Um, when I looked at it and I recalled, you know, what, what fun we used to have on the floor, it's gone. And today markets are, are significantly more um, efficient and we do a lot more trade. Mm. But uh, there was never a boring day there. <laughs> it was never dull. And, and, and I, miss, I, I miss the excitement of those days, even though uh, we're probably or the brokers are making a lot more money and there's a lot more happening and it's a lot more transparent than it used to be then. Yeah. But still, um, you're dead right. I mean, it's terribly, terribly boring. Here. Oh dear. Uh, if, if, I look, if I look while we're talking now at the activity, you know, we're down to, we're about 11 billion rand, uh, 15% of which has been in NASPERS, a little, a little trade in, um, NTN. But there's nothing sparkling. There's no talk, you know. There's, there's nothing to get us going, to get us exciting today. Uh, when I go through the announcements, there's virtually, there's nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing. You know, there's, 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 <laughs> there's nothing. Well, let's talk about so, something that uh, mm. is interesting, and it will be interesting for the next few weeks, and that's the political situation in South Africa. Mm. I noticed yeah. that uh, they call Cristiano Ronaldo, don't they, CR7. What are we going to uh, call Cyril Ramaphosa, CR-1 or something? <laughs> because he's promised a million homes in Alexandria, and I yeah. think over a certain period – I can't remember the numbers, but anyway, it was all over the all over social media. He'll have to build 570 homes a day in order to fulfil what he said. And I, I'm very surprised that he succumbed to populism. It's, it's, it disturbs uh, yeah. me somewhat. Well, I, I suppose he's playing to his crowd, uh, but but that's a that's a problem. He can't words. afford to do that. He is. He can't afford to do that. You know, he's got to be realistic. 
He wants to be elected, and unfortunately, we all believe that once he's elected, you know, then he'll move away from it. I doubt, I doubt that's going to be hap- happening. And to make those kind of promises, Lindsay, I promise you, you don't want to go through Alexander. I had a, unfortunately, I, I went through with, in a police car a couple of years ago after we had a robbery yeah. and we were looking for my wife's car. Yes. And I was absolutely appalled and shaken by the state of, uh, of, of, you know, the suburb there. And it needs a lot. And, and, and to be honest, it's something that should have been addressed a long time ago. Uh, because we've let those people down, you know, that they can live in that kind of poverty or under those conditions yeah. is appalling. So they do need the houses. But I mean, in order to do that, you need proper organization and you need a lot of money. And I don't know whether they, I don't know whether we've got that. Um, I, you know, I, this is a country that needs to rethink. Uh, has to almost start at the beginning and rethink where it is. And Cyril can't fall back on populism um, as as a means to get to where he wants. You know, he can't go to to his backers and, in other words, seek seek um, investment outside and uh, then come back and you know tell another story to the people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do that. I I just. I, I I don't know. I think that uh, there's a lot there's a lot that needs to happen here. Um, this this is a country where and you can it's reflected in the market. Um, you know has to has to have a completely new plan uh, with new people with new skills. I think we've got to move away from where we have been in the last twenty twenty five years. Okay, let's. I'm move talking up. politi. I'm talking economically. You know, which is I also know. a political move. We can't we can't be the we can't talk ideology. You know, just it's just not going to get us through this. Hmm. We can worry about that later. Yeah, it's almost as though 15 months down the line since everyone was so enthusiastic mm. about Mr. Ramaphosa, President Ramaphosa, uh, suddenly he's just going, he's reverting back to the old ways, which, mm. which is no good. Talking about reverting back to the old ways, Mr. Trump has said that the U.S. Federal Reserve, if it had done its job properly, the stock market would be five to 10,000 points higher. What stock market he's talking about? I don't know. Maybe don't the Dow know, Jones. Uh, uh, we 31,000, 40,000 on the Dow talking, or something. What is he talking about? Is he talking that, I don't know. But have you seen know. his tweets about the Fed? I know, he's mad. I mean, literally, I say, mad. what do you mean 5,000 to 10? What? Which yes. points? Yeah, which, you know, which market? Points, which points? I mean, and why would you say know. that? Just, Just because you've got so much debt that you need interest rates to stay low so you can service that yeah, debt. It's got nothing to I do know. with you. Keep the. No. And he's a dictator. He's becoming a dictator and becoming more of a dictator. And it's, I, again, very frightening. Uh, Politics frightens me. Well, Brexit, Ramaphosa, uh, and Trump, they scare the... Hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, he just bullies his way making these kind of statements without any kind of uh, repercussions or, or comeback. And not even his own party doesn't say a thing. No one even questions. Okay, no. well, tell us which 5,000. And poor old Jerome Powell. <laughs> yes, he slipped up. You know, he slipped up in, in raising rates a little too fast. He's trying to undo it now. But still, they will, he'll get it right. He's got the markets up again and, uh, you know, I think they did realize that perhaps they pushed the they pushed too hard, and there were reasons why. But he does not let up. He doesn't let up on on his own people, on he's people that he Ill. appointed. And mm-hmm. he's un- but you know what he's doing? He undermines his own institutions wherever. You know, all the institutions that have kept American going are being undermined by him. I, anyway, <laughs> that's that's Mr. Trump. That's- I don't know what brand of I don't know what brand of presidency it is i don't know i don't know how you explain it but uh um 
it's up to the Republicans actually to stop him and to to actually contest him, but they don't want to. <laughs> you know, just to say it goes back to the same power thing. Nobody wants to give up their position or power. Let's talk about happier things now because there are three, three people I want to talk about who have amazed me over the last 36 hours. One is Mo Salah, the other one is Raheem yeah. Sterling, and the other one, of course, is Tiger Woods. Start with Tiger Woods. Yeah. We, ne we never speak I'm about golf. I don't play golf. I can't stand <laughs> golf unless it's the Ryder Cup or these big events. But what a comeback from that. That I'm man, not. well done to him, my goodness. No, I, it, it was, in fact, I, I was either watching that or the Liverpool game, and Chelsea was so terribly poor that uh, I turned to... Well, they nearly equalised. Eden Hazard nearly pulled it back. But nah. it, you know, you're relying on one man. You can't build a team around one man of, without any kind of support. Mm. They came up there, they just looked absolutely awful. And uh, after Liverpool, I did. I missed the most seller game because as they scored, I said, okay, they'll never come back. And I turned to the golf because I'd been half watching the golf. Mm. And that was great. I mean, there were five or six, even more, I think, uh, contenders for the, you know, for the, uh, for the green jacket. They were. And I, and he held his nerve. He, he was brilliant. Yeah. And he wore the same he clothes brilliant. that he did the last time he won it. It was all, mm. it was an absolute fantasy. And you see Nike's mm. stock is up by 1% at the moment mm. in New York because of the sponsorship of Tiger Woods. So he moves markets as well uh, as he, moves emotions. Uh, it was an incredible story. No, it, it was. And, you know, to come back after such a long layoff. And uh, at such a brilliant venue. But you know the other thing? I'm telling you, Liverpool are going to take this. I'm not a Liverpool fan. I don't say that. Uh, I, I know. Have you seen it, the run-in there? Of course, Manchester City have got uh, a more difficult run-in. They've I got know. to play Man United. And they look, yeah. Yeah, they look tired and stretched. Tired. And they, they, don't, they don't look as sharp as they did. Uh, De Bruyne and these chaps are not. They, you know, remember when they attacked, you had these three forces that came up or three or four people that just ran at you mm. and they just demolished teams. They know any other. And Liverpool are very, very strong and they're strong at the back. And I think that's where their strength is. But uh, I hate to say it, but I think they're going to do it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, no, no, I no. I, I disagree. I we'll, we'll have a private bet off there. I'm but, not uh, going to talk soccer for a year because... There's nothing worse than Liverpool supporters. Yes, there is Manchester United, United supporters. supporters. <laughs> no, Manchester United supporters are far worse than Liverpool supporters. Come on now. That, just have a, look, have a look at the Mo Salah goal. You know what Mo, Mo, Mo Salah has become that. a little bit too fancy. He's, becoming, mm. he's tried to become mm. too much of a messy. He got that ball yeah. and he said to himself... You know, stuff this. I'm just going to whack it. And he whacked oh, no. it. And you couldn't no. stop it. I mean, you could have had three goalkeepers oh, no. in that goal. And no. you had no. no way that was going to come out. So, well done to him. I, I hope he finds he his freedom now. I know. He's tried, it. He's tried that same move for about uh, the last ten matches without success. So, one had to come off. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> okay. So, it's Liverpool to take the title. Manchester City to fall second and only win the League Cup or something. They'll lose the, they'll lose the FA Cup. I, I think they're going to lose a whole lot. Oh, no. Don't say that. Poor Pep. Okay. David Shapiro, thank I'm you very much for your time this evening. It's David Shapiro. That was Shapiro World. <laughs> and uh, same time next week. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.